0: Philippians, the hundredth. Oh, I said Philippians. That's wrong. Psalm 100. That's the force of habit right there. Psalm 100 is where we shall be this morning. Psalm 100. Well, we come together in celebration of Thanksgiving this morning. We want to come together as to to praise God, to recognize all the main blessings which God has given unto us. We want to celebrate God this morning in an intentional and, and, and heart-centered way. We are, of course, taking a break from our sermon series covering Philippians. Uh, and we will uh, take a short break from that and be back with it next week. Um, next sunday however uh this morning we will be going into psalm 100 so let us open our bibles and see what the word of god says in the hundredth psalm it says make a joyful noise to the lord all the earth serve the lord with gladness come into his presence with singing Know that the Lord, He is God, it is He who made us, and we are His, we are His people, and the sheep of His pasture, enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise, give thanks to Him, bless His name, for the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. And praise God, solideia gloria, for the reading of His word today. Now, I love the holiday season. You will find that out very quickly about me. I love the holiday season. In fact, I would go so far as to say that the holiday season, that this time of year is one of my favorite times of year because in South Georgia, we suffer all year long. And then finally, we get a change in weather. It starts to cool down. Not much, but we'll take what we can get. It cools down just a little bit. The leaves begin to change color. And before you know it, it is time to break out the sweaters and the hoodies. It's time to get the, bond, the fire pits ready because it's time to have a bonfire. And perhaps best of all, and you may have a different opinion, but this is just where I am. But perhaps best of all, it's the time of year where the holiday flavored coffee comes out. And that's just like God, we like, hallelujah, what a savior we have. God is good. It's a great time of, of the year. There's this time of, of this holiday season there's Reformation Day, there's Thanksgiving, there's Advent, there's Christmas, there's Lent, there's Easter and then all, all of the and as well as numerous other holidays as well. but let me just share something with you that I have noticed and perhaps you are, you are of a similar opinion. this is something that I have have noticed. It just seems to me that in the midst of the holiday season that we treat Thanksgiving, as though it was just a speed bump on the road that leads to Christmas. I may, I may be I, I feel like some of us uh, agree with that now, not, but not, not only that, but the, the idea of, of, of what it means to be grateful, of what of what gratitude is, of what of what thankfulness actually is has been changed so much by our culture. and so different from how, Bible actually describes it. It seems that our culture is telling us that in order to be happy, in order to have something, in order to experience gratitude or whatever it it, it may be, you have to have all of the right things, you have to have the right brands, you have to have the right car, you have to have the right clothes, you have to have the perfect family, you have to have the perfect house, you have to have the white picket fence in front, and if you are missing out in any of these areas, then guess what? You're missing out on the good life, and you don't really have anything to be thankful for. It's pretty messed up. You know, I hear, I, hear, I hear this a lot from, from people. It, it, it changes from how different people say it, of course, but it's something along the lines of, you know, if I just had that, once I get that, once I get this thing, fill in the blank for whatever it is, then I'll be happy, then I'll be satisfied, now, don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have nice things. There's nothing wrong with, with, with having nice things or trying to get nice things. There's nothing wrong with that But there or having hobbies that interest you or anything along those lines. But there is a, sp- a problem when we try to turn these these objects, these things that we want to get or these hobbies or these activities, whatever it may be, there is a problem when we try to turn those things into our own personal little saviors trying to uh, find salvation Satisfaction in those things rather than in God, thinking that by having them, we will finally have what we have been wanting, what we have been reaching for, what we have been uh, desiring. But but hear me when when I say this, church, you don't need to buy into that lie. Because the truth of the matter is, no matter how how many purchases you make, no matter how full your Amazon card is and how uh, many packages are delivered to your door or how many hobbies you have or how many activities you have, you're not going to find what it is that your heart needs, what your heart is longing for at the end of whatever it is you're trying to do. Because there's nothing which can be found in this world which can truly provide us with what we need it only leaves us wanting more and more and more. It does not satisfy us. And that is, that is not what the Bible tells us about thanksgiving. That is not what, what, what it means to be, be thankful. It tells us that true thanksgiving is found only in knowing God. I want to tell you a story um, before we go to unpacking our, our passage, uh, growing up, I loved the holiday season. When I was when I was very uh, when I was well, I'm already very young, but when I was younger, there was a um, uh, when we celebrated uh, uh, the holiday season. I loved it because it meant I was going to be able to see relatives that I did not typically see, and we'd all gather together sometimes for Christmas Eve. It'd be at uh, at uh, my my great aunt's house. We gathered there around a long table, and then for Thanksgiving, it'd be at, be at our house. It, it changed year to year, but the my, my, but my point is, we would the family would all gather around these these long tables. We'd enjoy a nice meal together, and then after the meal was done, then my favorite part would take place. The older relatives would begin sharing stories with one another, and I would just sit there taking it all in, perhaps, and I think this is true of grandparents, grandparents typically think that their grandchildren aren't listening to them, and that's mostly because the grandchildren's actions show no indication that they're actually listening to them, but I promise you, grandparents, your your grandchildren are listening to you, and they are watching you, though it may not always seem like it, though it may not always sound like it, but I speak... I'm living evidence of it. Grandchildren listen to the grandparents and want to hear those stories. So share your stories. But but that's what 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 Thanksgiving was for for a long time. But then a few years passed away. A few years passed, and and all of a sudden there was an empty chair at this part of the table. Another empty chair. Another empty chair. Another empty chair. As years went by and by and by, until finally there were more empty chairs than there were filled chairs, or at least it felt that way, and perhaps perhaps you have experienced something uh, similar, and as, as you know, earlier this year, my family had to say goodbye to someone that was greatly, greatly loved. Now, I tell you all of this because even though I have lost much, I've lost many loved ones, I've had to say goodbye to many, many people i still have an abundance to be thankful for simply because of god and he scored and i know that we have families who are going, who have, who have gone through medical situations. We have families who, who are going through financial situations. We have families who have lost loved ones. And I just want you to know, and I want I want you to understand this. Even though there are bad times, even though there are seasons of difficulty, whatever they may be—a uh, family dispute, financial distress, medical calamity, what uh, bereavement, whatever the case may be—we as Christians, we as God's chosen people, we as God's. People as sons and daughters of the Father in heaven, we still have reason to praise Him. We still have reason to thank Him, even in the midst of whatever it may that may, whatever it may be that is currently going on. And let us look at what the hundredth Psalm tells us. We'll start in verse one. We'll go verse by verse through it. Verse one says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Psalm 100 is without doubt one of the most popular and most cherished psalms in the whole of the Bible. It was sung in the temple when the Thanksgiving offering was given. It was sung in the synagogues. It was sung by the early church. And even today, there are over 300 songs which have been written, whose words are based off of Psalm 100. Now, at the center of this psalm, there are essentially two proclamations of truth which are being made. One of them is that the Lord is God that the, God, that the Lord is God, that He is worthy of worship, that He deserves to be worshiped, that He is deserving of all honor, praise, and glory, that He is God, and because He is God, He deserves to be recognized for that. He is the sovereign King of the universe, and we want to celebrate Him as such for the Lord is God. And secondly, this psalm makes the good and glad proclamation that the Lord is good, that what God does is out of generosity and love for His people because the Lord is is good. That is what the whole of this psalm is about, these two biblical realities of the Lord being God and the Lord being good. It also makes the connection that because of these two biblical realities, because of these truths, we as God's people have reason to be thankful. And so the psalm begins with an invitation of worship. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. That's an evangelistic invitation. Let's say, hey, come worship God with us. Come join us in worship. We're here to celebrate the King. We're here to celebrate our God. And we want to invite you to recognize the worth of God. Come worship God with us. And in doing so, you shall find all that you have been longing for. You shall find what your heart is desperately in need of. Come, worship the Lord with us. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord and you shall find joy. The psalm, right at its beginning, essentially encapsulates the entirety of what the Christian mission is. That we... As a people of God gathered together alongside of one another, wanting to encourage one another, wanting to serve one another, wanting to help one another, but all the while we look towards Christ. All the while we look toward the banner of salvation that we have in Christ and in Christ alone. And not only that, we don't just do it amongst ourselves. We go out and we say, listen to the sound of salvation. There is a way of salvation, and it is in Christ. So we go out, and we want to invite others to worship God and celebrate Him and, be, and know what true thanksgiving is as well. But that's not all, and I, lo- I love, I love this, this truth. This invitation is not just towards other people. This invitation extends, look at what it says, to the Lord all the earth that it extends to the earth, that it extends to creation itself. From the highest mountain peak to the depths of the sea, everything is here to worship our God and King. Just consider all of the beauties of creation. God could have created this world with no features whatsoever, could have created this world with no color whatsoever. But instead, what he, has he done? He has created with a world that is filled with wonders that are absolutely breathtaking and with colors more so than we can even count. Have you ever gone by a tree and just taken a piece of bark off of the tree? When you look at it, you don't just see the color brown. You see an infinite amount of different shades of the color brown. The same is true with other colors as well. God has blessed us with an incredible, incredible uh, uh, world. But why did He do it that way? Because creation is here to worship God. Listen to what the Bible tells us in Psalm 96, verses 11 and 12. It says, Let the heavens be glad and let the earth be rejoice let the sea roar and all that fills it let the let the field exalt and everything in it then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy isaiah chapter 55 verse 12 for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For his, for his invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that, has, that have been made, so they are without excuse. So you see, over and over and over again, the Bible makes the proclamation that all of creation is here to worship God. Now I want you to consider something for for a moment before we go on to this the, the second verse. The fact that creation itself is here for the glory of God tells us something. About God in that moment. Because think of it, think of it for, for, for a minute. There, there, are thing, there are places on this earth, there are places of nature that are so absolutely breathtaking that we can't even possi- that we can't even fully describe everything that we see. I love going to the beach and looking out into the ocean and seeing that the ocean it just keeps going. It just goes on and on. And that is a beautiful, beautiful uh, sight. But did you know? That over 80% of the ocean remains unexplored? We don't even know what's out there. We, 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 we've mapped the world, but yet there's 80% of the ocean which remains a mystery to us. And don't even get me started on space. My goodness. Scientists have said that we, uh, that we might, we might, let me say that again, we might roughly, know about 4% of what is in the universe. We don't know what's out there. That's incredible, incredible to think about. But when you have the realization, when you see that all of this is here for the glory of God, to point us to the worship of God, in the midst of that realization, uh, catch a momentary glimpse of how amazing our God truly is because if the mountains are here for worship, the seas are here for worship, if the sun which blazes and gives our planet warmth is here for worship, how much greater is God? That if he is the source of it all, how much greater must he be? And here comes the crazy part of it all. That is the God who laid down His life for us. Now this God who is beyond the stars, who is beyond creation, who is beyond anything that we could ever think or imagine, that that is the God who laid down His life so that we could be raised to walk in the newness of life. He paid the penalty of my sins. He took my crimes. He took my shame. He took my sin so that I could worship God, so that we, just as verse 2 says, says that we may serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. You know, I I often hear people express uh, feelings of, of not wanting to live for God of not wanting to live obediently to God of not wanting to do what what God's word says and they, they feel as though that if they were to follow God that they would be giving up much of life they would be missing out on on life and so they pursue other things in, instead but I want to make I want to make something very clear here when you are captured by the glory of God, those types of thoughts are put to death. When you are captured by the glory of God, thoughts of, 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 of not wanting to serve, of not wanting to live for God, or thinking that you're missing out on something, those ty- that type of thinking is put to death because in Christ we have all that we need. Now, uh, so no, living for, for God is, is not a a boring enterprise and that and that service is one of of gladness where we thank god for all the many blessings that he has given us now that is not to say that living for god that living obediently for god is easy or or it's without its struggles because of course it has an abundance of struggles we, it's not easy to live for God because the truth of the matter is, is that we have this sinful nature at war, this fleshly nature at war within us with the Holy Spirit. So we're in a conflict taking place in our hearts, and that isn't an easy thing. But however, that has not changed the fact that that to live for God is a gift which has been given to us by the grace of God, a gift which was given to us by Christ laying down His life on our behalf, that is not burdensome, that is not boring, that is not lifeless, that is a gift of grace that we do not deserve, even though it may be difficult at times. And now when we have that realization, it naturally follows that we want to worship the Lord with gladness, that we want to worship the Lord with joy, and so we sing. Music is an incredible gift from God, which He has given us to celebrate Him, that He has given us to worship Him, that He has given us to recognize His worth And it goes without saying that music is is hugely important in the eyes of God, seeing that the largest book of the Bible is a song book. That's the book of Psalms filled with lyrics that we may sing to God, not to mention that music and singing are mentioned over 400 times in the Bible. Just listen to what Psalm 150 says says the hundred and fifty Psalm. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so, yes, music is a huge, huge part of our worship. Now, at the end of our service this morning, we're going to be singing once again to God. Lift up your voices and sing to God, because God is just that worthy. What is the, the Baptist stereotype? We're, so we have wonderful music, but our face look like we're half dead. That's how it is sometimes. We're, like, it, we're, we're praising God, we're in the presence of God, celebrating the King of the universe, and we look like we just woke up. We do that. What is this duplicit nature of us? We're here to sing. We're here to celebrate God. So lift up your voices and worship our God and our King. Verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His people. And the sheep of His pasture that's very important to recognize what is contained in this verse we need to understand that our worship of God is not simply emotional though there is a whole uh, there is a great deal of emotion involved in our worship of God it does not our worship of God does not stop there our worship of God is also directly connected to a loving knowledge of God We want, look at what the passage says it commands us know that the Lord is God know Him know Him, grow in your knowledge of who God is that the Lord is God, know that He is worthy of worship, know that He is the King, know that He deserves to be recognized for who He is, know that, don't just accept it, know it grow in that knowledge. Grow in your knowledge of God. Go to your Bible. Search the Scripture. See how God has revealed Himself to us. Learn what the Word says. In my my study of Scripture, perhaps the most rewarding biblical study that I have ever taken is the study of the character of God. Know the character of God character of God is without doubt one of the most life-changing, heart-transforming, worship-filled, joyful experiences that one can ever direct their minds to entertain. But the only way you can grow in your understanding of knowing the Lord, of knowing who God is, is by going to the pages of Scripture and prayerfully turning through them, asking God, to show you who he is, it doesn't happen any other way. When speaking to people who are uh, who express feelings or thoughts of, of saying something along the lines of "I'm struggling in my worship of God," "I'm struggling in being thankful," "I'm struggling in these areas," "I, I just feel I just feel stuck where I am," "I don't feel like my my what my walk with God is moving at all," "I don't feel like I'm growing in God," "I don't feel like anything is." happening, I'll often ask them something along the lines of, well, are you spending time alone with God? Are you reading your Bible? Are you spending time in prayer? And perhaps some of you hear that and you think, well, that's just such a cop-out answer. And in all honesty, it does sound like one. Like, isn't that just the Christian answer? Oh, you're going through a bad time? Well, read your Bible and pray about it. And we think of that as such a, as such a cop-out answer, such a, a knee-jerk response to whatever someone may be going through. But I'm telling you, he, God has given us His Word so that we can know Him, and yet it's so often collecting dust on the shelf or on the nightstand. You know, I heard a, heard a story. Uh, a man said, I read, I read my Bible every Sunday, I, I take it out every, every Sunday. I read it in church, and then when I get home, I put it on the nightstand, and there it sits until the next Sunday. It's not what God has called us to do. God's called us to search the Scriptures. God's called us to know what His Word says, that He has given us this beautiful means of grace so that our lives and our hearts may be transformed through the working of the Holy Spirit as we turn through the pages of the Bible Now, perhaps you struggle with reading the Bible, and and many many people are so don't don't feel bad about, don't feel ashamed of that, because many of us struggle with reading the Bible. But here's the thing: there are genuinely countless Bible reading plans which are available on the internet that are genuinely designed to meet you, to, to help you read the Bible. Gives you a structured way of reading the Bible. Last year in January, I shared with our congregation a Bible reading plan, and I will be doing the same again this year when the new year comes, all because here at East Gordon, our mission is to be a church that is set apart for the glory of God and trains others to live for the glory of God as presented to us in the Bible. But if we're going to do that, we need to be a church that reads the Bible. So we need to take that seriously verse 4 Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him bless his name I love that phrase enter his gates with thanksgiving because that's that's what we get to do that's what we that's the gift that has been given to us that's the gift which we get to do because of what Christ has done on our behalf through Calvary. We get to go before the presence of God in thanksgiving. We get to do that. That's a gift of God's grace. We get to draw near to the throne of grace. We get to draw near to the throne of God with all confidence. And in doing so, we get to offer to God thanksgiving upon praise, upon praise, upon praise, not just, not just for the gift of salvation, but for all the many blessings which God has lavished upon us. Blessing us with family, blessing us with, fam- uh, with, with, with friends, blessing us with a church body, and so much more. For we recognize that ultimately all the good and perfect gifts come down from above from the Father of heavenly lights, as the book of James tells us. You know, there's something that I do every year. I do this every, every Thanksgiving. I, I do this after after the meal has been had and after everything calms calms down, I will take a pen or, or a pencil or whatever and take some paper, and I will just list out all the many things that I am uh, thankful for. And each year, I am amazed by how much I really have to be thankful for. And at the end of the day, all of it is because of the goodness and loving kindness of God. Verse 5. For the Lord is good, and steadfast love endures forever, and is faithfulness to all generations. As I said at the beginning, the place where true thanksgiving is found is not found in the accumulation of various products, whatever they may be, or engaging in whatever hobbies or activities that we find enjoyment from. That's not where the place of true thanksgiving is found. Instead, thanksgiving is found in knowing that the Lord is good and knowing that his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. For without him, we would have nothing. We would have no reason to sing. And hallelujah what a Savior we have in Christ. I want to say also that my time as your pastor has been brief thus far. But I look forward to the ministry that we continue to enjoy together. I'm beyond thankful for this congregation and I'm beyond thankful for the people who make up our church body. I had a friend visit us not too terribly long ago, and afterwards they said to me, you just have a church full of personalities, don't you? I'd say that's pretty ac- an accurate description of us. They're like, You see there are some churches where people get lost in the crowd. None of you get lost in the crowd because your personalities won't allow it. I praise God for that, I praise God for our congregation, and I praise God for the future of the ministry which we shall enjoy with one another, and to God be the glory is what we say. We will pray, we will have a time of invitation. Father, we pray for all... We pray thanksgiving for all the many ways in which you have blessed us, God, because we don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve your goodness. We don't deserve your loving kindness. We don't deserve anything because our sinfulness is so dark, so vile, so ugly, so dark. There's nothing good in us. But out of your grace, you have given us love even still. You've given us something that we don't deserve. You've given us something beyond words to describe so lord it is our prayer that we sing praises to your name this morning we want to celebrate you we want to give you the honor that you are due because you are deserving of that and we want to recognize that in all that we do lord so lord we pray that your holy spirit does work in each and every one of our hearts to see all of your many blessings to sing of your amazing grace to sing of your character, to sing of your love. And Lord, may these realities transform our lives and, may, and, and, and lead us to be who you have created us to be. All for your praise your honor and your glory. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.